From InsureTech Ireland, this is InsureTech Radio. This week's guest is Charles Alexander, and we're talking about video marketing for your business. Welcome to InsureTech Radio. You're all very, very welcome. Today's guest is Charles Alexander. And I have to say, he introduces his business much better than I ever could. So I'm going to hand you straight over to Charles. Here he is. Hey, this is Charles Alexander of YourCharlesAlexander.com. I create 90-second explainer videos for financial advisors, small business owners, insurance agents, and any other busy professionals that want to stand out in a crowd and close more clients. (laughs) I feel like I'm listening to a radio ad, though. (laughs) I've worked on that once or twice. You should do voiceovers. (laughs) Welcome to InsureTech Radio. How are you? Man, I'm great, Connor. Thank you for having me today. Uh, My pleasure. So, Charles, what is it exactly that you do? What I do is pretty simple and effective. I create 90-second explainer videos for people in the insurance industry, financial industry, busy professionals who are in an advisory role that can stand out in a crowd and close more clients uh, with that animated video that makes sure that they're remembered. Cool. So how how did that start for you? So my full-time gig for the past oh, almost 13 years now has been as a small business coach. So over here uh, in the U.S., we have small business development centers. A lot of them are hosted at colleges, universities, but they're designed for small business owners. And I absolutely love it. I've got a training background. I have a small business background, grew up in small business, got a master's in business administration, but this is what I, I was always been what I've loved. And in doing that, you know, I finally decided one day, man, I really need to kind of take some of my own medicine. I, I'm given all the coaching. Maybe I should do my own small business as well. So when I started out doing that, I decided I would do some freelance writing. I've always done a ton of writing, created training materials and uh, pretty good at email marketing. So I decided I would start doing that. And that was, gosh, five, six years ago now. And in doing that, I created uh, these packages and I thought I would work with banks and uh, accountants. That seemed to be people I would work with on a daily basis at a small business development center, made a lot of referrals to them. So I already had some inroads there. And I went and made a pitch to my very first client, uh, an accountant, and I gave him these packages. I would write a few blog posts at X number of dollars, or I would write blog posts, email marketing, write some articles uh, for the middle package. And then I created what I thought was a top tier package that he probably wouldn't pick, where I would take that material and create a video out of it. Well, bless already he picked the video. So I had to learn very quickly how to create that video. And my experience up to that point had merely been making my children's birthday videos, you know, every time they turned one, two or three. And it's essentially an overly long 10 minute video of uh, a bunch of pictures of my kids that nobody else would care about but me and them. So they were bad, made them with like Windows Movie Maker. Well, lo and behold, even though I was creating bad videos for this accountant, they were still beating the well-written blog posts and the email marketing uh, written-only blog posts that I was making. So I knew I was on to something. So from there, I just kept learning and training myself and finding other tools to use until I got to a point where I had narrowed this thing down to a 90-second explainer video. And I keep using the term explainer video, but in this case, it's an animated video that tells a story from beginning to end with a client. Uh, as the hero of the story, but the, my client is the helpful advisor. And once we condense that into that short period of time, it ro- works really well to tell a complete story. So that's 
to give you an idea of how I got started, I was writing and then, you know, I, I saw where bad video could be good writing. So God forbid, what would happen if you created good video for people? And that's how I got into this. Cool. So like you're, so you're working in the Tennessee small business development center and you're kind of given all this advice for a couple of years. Like, like what changed for you? Was there a particular catalyst or a particular moment that, that, uh, that made you go, it's time for me to go out my own. And in terms of a particular catalyst, the one question I get or used to get all of the time is, man, this is great. I love the advice. Charles, you're spot on. Um, why don't you do your own business if you're, if you're so uh, good at teaching this to everybody else? Uh, and I, I guess that was just the uh, 100th time I had been asked that question. It wasn't this particular aha moment. As you and I were talking about earlier, growing up in a family-owned business kind of give you an idea of what works and what doesn't work. But after doing that for several years, it was something that I decided, I don't think I want to do this. It was kind of uh, like a butchery. We, we might all like a, a, a well-cut steak, but you don't necessarily want to see the process of how it gets there. And I had seen the process and I had wanted no part of it. So at that point uh, I had decided I would just stick with this coaching gig. And I, you know, so, you know, I've been asked several times, why don't you do your own? Why don't you do your own? So at that point, you know, looking, especially uh, at the family finances, where we've got several kids, you know, they're 11, eight and seven. Now my wife had her own small business. I grew up in small business. I just decided, I'm going to force myself into this. And, uh, you know, when I even got my own small business coach, cause I can't take my own advice apparently, or every time I would tell myself something, I would smile and nod along just like a bunch of people do with me, uh, that don't listen. And, you know, I, I decided that's when I needed to start taking it seriously. Cool. So, so tell me about that first customer. Like what, what was it like, you know, kind of getting paid for the first time, uh, you know, doing something that you, where you had generated all of the value. It's like a bunch of people tell me, or you even discover for yourself. It's amazing. Somebody wrote me a check to create something out of nothing for them. And they were happy to do it uh, and did it gleefully and asked me when they could pay me again. And uh, at that point, you know, that's really what it was. It was just a, uh, a, somebody writing me a manual check every month to create that email marketing piece or that video uh, that, you know, I built from scratch. And at this point, all of my clients are all, you know, it's all automated through uh, regular payments and it's, it's still really cool. Every time I, I get a client now, I get, I'm, I'm, I get giddy like a little kid, you know, when somebody signs up for a three video package, I just high five myself and it's, it's something really, really cool that you can see you built from scratch. So when you started, you got that first client, like what was, what was the learning curve? Like what was, what did you have to learn like straight away? Uh, you know, man, uh, a lot of, like I said earlier, I had to learn how to take my own medicine. I had to learn how to, uh, schedule my time very specifically in terms of operating, you know, the small business development center, family activities. And then when, when was I going to do this business? So I had to get good with time management very quickly and start getting my butt out of bed in the morning and getting some work done before the sun came up. But then outside of that, just what was the three aspects of my business in terms of marketing management and financial going to look like? And I had to create a marketing calendar and stick to it. And I had decided at that point uh, to get away from bankers and a CPA or accountants, not because I didn't like them, but just I had found a niche. And I know you guys probably say niche here in, here in Tennessee, I say niche, but uh, with people in the insurance industry and financial uh, seemed to be a better fit. So I had to learn how to create marketing that, fit what they were looking for. And I had to learn how to outsource some of this, uh, uh, some, all of these different activities to other people and how 
automate some of it. I had to learn how to manage my cash flow. Several things you have to uh, learn on the fly very quickly. And even in my case where I've been doling out that information, uh, it, it was time for me to start taking action on some of the things that I told other people to do. And so what are the, what are the kind of things you outsource and what, what did you keep? Well, I kept uh, uh, up to the, up to, oh gosh, a year ago, it kept pretty much all of the video work, but uh, that voiceover work was the very first thing I outsourced. I did that myself for the clients that I had in Tennessee. And I imagine your guests have picked up very quickly on the fact that I have a, uh, what we call in the U.S. is a Southern accent, which works well as long as you stay in the South. Once you start branching out a little bit, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily go quite as well. So I, I learned to outsource some of the voiceover work. I learned to automate a lot of the marketing activity as I was doing within uh, either social media or email marketing. And I learned to uh, even here recently find some additional people that can help me pick up some of the video work that I do. And that was a strenuous process of going through several different animators till you find the right one that uh, has the same kind of uh, uh, video creation style that I have. So in, in that, so you're kind of, you're getting the brief from the client. Do you still write the script and then kind of send out the storyboard or whatever to the animator? I sure do. So I make the process really simple on my clients. I give them uh, a couple of packages to pick from. Uh, but with any video package they pick from, whether it's a one or a two or a three video package, I'll send them a six question form. That's all the work that they have to do. I'll take the six question form and I'll write their script. And I've been, I've said this once or twice already, the importance and to really make sure they have a story based script. And the reason that matters is that stories resonate way above anything else. And uh, they, they beat facts all day long, but not only, Yes. Uh, not only will I write that script and make it story based, but I make sure that the client, their client in that particular case, if it's an insurance agent, the person that maybe needs a policy uh, is the hero of the story. Um, and if you think about it, you've seen Star Wars, Connor. I have. All right. Well, Star Wars, we have Luke Skywalker is the hero. He's the one that starts off with uh, the the need to defeat the dark side and he needs the training. So he goes to Yoda. Yoda is who the insurance agent is at this point. They're not Luke Skywalker. Most of them want to be, but they need to be Yoda. They're the short green guy that talks funny with big ears. And I guess at this point, everybody's falling in love with him all over again because of uh, Disney plus and uh, the Mandalorian. But uh, for a long time, he wasn't a cute baby. He was just this old guy and they train, you know, at that point, Yoda trains Luke Skywalker. In this case, it's uh, the agent, kind of guiding the uh, particular client through whatever policies they may or even may not need until they get to the right answer. And then they have a happy ending. So it's so like in Star Wars, was it, uh, the second one, the Emperor Strikes Back, where Luke has to go off to the to the jungle or whatever and do his training. But That's in, right. In, in, in this world, we're talking about the jungle of financial, <laughs> financial and insurance advice. That's right. And in most of those cases, these stories are based on somebody who has you know, maybe they have their own small business or maybe they have a family, but most, most cases, uh, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world, they're overwhelmed and busy with life's daily activities and they don't have time to do all of the research on their own. And they're looking for a trusted advisor. That is usually where a lot of these insurance agents come in and can set themselves apart from everybody else. And that's make sure that they know that, you know, there's somebody that that client can know and like and trust. And that story 
is really what resonates with a viewer a quicker or uh, anything else. They can kind of see themselves in the story. Mm. Uh, and this, and let me back up this example I'm using. I stole this from story brands. Uh, ever gets a chance out, you know, of course, outside of your Charles Alexander.com. They also go to storybrand.com, which is a business in Nashville, Tennessee, that helps people create stories for their own businesses. But that's an example they've used and I've stolen it and uh, I'll credit them when possible. But the, the concept is very much, uh, to create that story, story based, uh, marketing, that branding, that Put your customer first for everything else and then just make sure that they know you're the one that can help them, but show them benefit more than the uh, features and the, and the process. They, they don't, they want to see the baby, not necessarily the labor pains. <laughs> so give us an example. So say we're talking about uh, auto insurance, like uh, you've, uh, one of your clients is a broker and he comes to you and says, I want to sell loads of motor insurance. Uh, like, how would you uh, go about uh, thinking, uh, explaining, doing an explainer video for a customer? Well, in this particular case, again, I'll have him uh, fill out that little uh, six-question form. And that six-question form is a pretty simple concept. The first couple of questions revolves way more about the customer. So I, they go online, they fill it out. The first question is, who do you work with? And that is where a lot of people kind of miss the boat. And I see this regularly at the small business development center where I do business coaching is, you know, who do you work with? Well, unfortunately, a lot of people say, well, anybody could be my customer. You know, we sell hats. So anybody with that kind of <laughs> mentality, but more than not, if you take a look at your top 10 customers, you already have, there are some common characteristics among those top 10 that you can continue to narrow down and replicate and create a niche around. So are they more male or female? Are they married, widowed, divorced? Are they blue collar, white collar, high, you know, uh, high net worth or middle class, but kind of narrow who that person is a little bit. Who do we work with? And then what problem do we fix? And in most cases, it's not the fact that they just provide insurance. Insurance is a commodity at this point. And we have to realize that the thing they're buying is not the product, it's us. <clears throat> so the problem that we're fixing in most cases, not all, but in most cases is, is, again, is that we're going to shop out the policy to a variety of carriers. We're going to find the right policy that fits them. It won't necessarily be the cheapest, but it makes the most sense for their particular situation. So if the people they're targeting have several teenagers at home, how do we bundle all those uh, policies together to make them affordable? If they have an entire fleet of vehicles for a that they have. What, what type of uh, car insurance? So you kind of figure that out first. What's the problem you're fixing? And then after that, then we talk about you. So who are you? And why would somebody pick you versus somebody else? And this, you know, for your listeners, anybody, don't always focus on price and quality. People are over that. Everybody wants to brag about how they have the best or the lowest policies are lowest price and we do we're the best in the business and we have the highest quality that's pretty rare uh, overall pretty much any business in, that's out there cannot compete on price and quality there's always somebody a bigger box store a bigger, bigger service center that can that can put your lights out but why would somebody use you do you provide uh more more convenience is it uh that you know, you have a higher status uh, symbol uh, according to your brand. Is it something that you can do that sets yourself apart just a little bit that's better than what other folks can, you know, find somewhere else? And then 
you know, what is the specific process that you use that's going to be different? And then after that, we focus on what are the results? The results are what matters to the customer the most. They want to see that there's going to be a happy ending. So you're talking about how are they going to sell auto insurance? Let's focus on who that customer is. And then you tell them what their problem is. And if you can give them a happy result, that's, that's what's going to matter the most. So like just to kind of uh, bring it alive. So say like uh, auto insurance uh, is what I'm, is what I'm bringing to you. Right. And you're asking, you're asking who, who's my customer. And then we discover maybe, okay, well, it's uh, the people who pay the insurance are usually say men between the ages of, I don't know, 35 and 45. They usually have families, they're professionals. So maybe then you want to tailor the video to make sure that there's like, you know, there's an SUV in the video and they're going to soccer practice or whatever. Uh, is that the kind of idea that you're trying to get to? You're a hundred percent correct, my friend. So generally if, uh, they're in this video and, and a lot of the ways I, I'll design the video that they get referred to you, you know, let's say you're the client, you know, they get referred to you by a friend. So if it's, uh, let's say we're targeting men, I'll even have uh, them out on the golf course. And another friend of theirs is the one that recommended, you know, them to, and the friend will look similar to the, you know, the guy in the video. The, uh, but yes, if it's, um, you know, not to go very stereotypical, but yeah, if it's a business owner, you'll show them in a business setting. If it's, uh, you know, women that you, you'll might have them out in, you know, at least the way I've seen and viewed it, they'll be out having coffee somewhere. Maybe they'll, uh, you know, might have a play date and have some kids in the background. Uh, but we tailor the, the uh, what that client is going to be most likely to be doing. The concern that my clients, and I'm using, I'm overusing the word client here. The, the concern that my insurance agents might have is that they're excluding people. And it's, it's a hard concept to get across to people, but you are always much better off to have a niche to uh, be specific than it is to try to cast, cast the widest net possible. Usually when we cast the widest net possible, yeah, possible, we catch the fewest fish. When we narrow that niche down and we can become the one thing in that industry that stands out, people will, will remember you. And even yeah. in my own particular case, how many explainer video do you targets financial and insurance industries oh well i have no idea i wouldn't say it's that many yeah, and uh, but I, right. I, was, I was curious as to why insurance like what what was it that stood out for you or made you think yeah that's that that would that would be a really good niche to get into after doing this for a year or two and i niche was narrowed down to about six or seven things i started I literally, I remember that day it was, uh, sat down and took a look at all of my different clients and I was spread too thin. And I thought I'm going to go back and just start categorizing them. And it fell into like mortgage banking, accounting, attorneys, uh, financial advisors and insurance agents. And I literally just picked the ones that I liked working (laughs) with the most. And it was, it was as simple as it was the insurance people and the uh, financial people. And I think a lot of it, I could relate to them because they are in an advisory role. They're not selling a product in most cases, even though they may have one. Their goal was more than not. Those people uh, in the insurance and financial were really trying to help somebody. They were really trying to take a look at their life as a whole, look at the different puzzle pieces and and help them solve some issues. And I could relate to that as a small business coach. So I literally just quit targeting all of those other uh, types of businesses. And it doesn't mean that I won't work with those, uh, but I just don't create content and marketing materials that target them specifically. And how, how did your business change after you made that decision? Oh, uh, it, it took off quite a bit. It was still doing well, but 
once I got narrowed down and did the same thing that, uh, you know, I, I've advised other people to do it, it, it got easier. I mean, creating the, uh, creating the videos for me got streamlined and I, I got faster at it and I, I, it made me better at creating the type of very specific content that these guys were looking for. But more importantly, uh, just to be selfish, it, it created more revenue for me because when somebody would say, Hey, have you ever ran into this issue? Or if it's financial, how do you deal with uh, the compliance people? Or if it's insurance, how they, you know, talk to me about, well, how can I, you know, increase my renewals? How can I welcome a customer? How can I uh, educate the consumer? I've got videos that I can show them that I've done for other people that make total sense to show them that I understand their industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You speak their language. I can't. I understand all of those funny acronyms you guys use. <laughs> and uh, have you found then that the, the your two worlds have collided in some ways, you know, with between the video editing and the small business coaching? Because essentially when you work with clients, you know, in your video uh, marketing capacity, I imagine them, you, you probably have ideas on how you could help them with their, their business more holistically. Has there ever been kind of a merging of the two worlds? I try to keep them very separate. Mm. Um, Primarily, uh, this small business coaching job is a government-based job, so I definitely don't want anybody to think I'm using their tax dollars to pitch my small side business. Uh, yeah. In terms of where I've seen the two worlds collide, is, and, I, and I, I probably said this too many times already, but it's just where I'm giving them advice, and I realize how hard it is. You know, I'm telling them something that sounds easy to me, but is saying, go home today and write two hours of content and then go to your marketing calendar and schedule it all out and then go to this networking meeting and then do this follow-up. And then I can remember having to kind of go through that myself. So I, I maybe am able to empathize a little bit more, but to your point of where they've collided is where I'm giving them advice on, Hey, video actually is something you need to do for your business. And by the way, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Here's the advice that I can give you to go out and do on your own. Um, that that's come into play uh, a few times. And even in some of those cases where people think they need video for some of the small business owners I've worked with out there, it might not even make sense for what they're doing. Uh, and that, that's a rare occasion, but I've been able to tell them that with a straight face. Uh, when does video make sense? And when does it not make sense for a business? It makes sense. So the reason, again, going back to financial insurance, where it makes sense is if you are in a position where people need to know or like or trust you. Uh, and that becomes way more important than, let's say, if you have an online business uh, selling water bottles and these, you know, the new uh, uh, fangled water bottles are going to, you know, you're all feature advantage and benefit driven. And all of that is based on getting a lot of cold traffic and converting a small percentage of it and making sales. They don't need to know, like, and trust you. They just need to like your product. So where it makes sense for a lot of the people that I work with is that they need to be in a position where somebody thinks that that person is a good advisor, that they can be trusted. And really when they need to get to know you on a personal level, which I've kind of struggled with, obviously with people in the financial industry and insurance industry, because they want to make it very numbers driven. And my clients are very sophisticated and they're not going to be uh, wooed by stories. They just want the facts. And it's really not the case. They want to know who you are. Uh, they want to know who Connor is. Is Connor a good guy? Is he uh uh, does he run marathons? Where does he live? What is uh, What kind of uh, sports does he watch? What did he do last night? Believe it or not, they want to be able to relate to you. And even in my own content, you'll see that I talk quite a bit about my kids or about American football or about 
you know, living in Tennessee and the different changes of season that we have or trying to get back into shape in January because I let myself go in December. Those are uh, that. So answering your question, video makes a lot of sense in all of those cases because you're trying to show them a little bit about not just who you are, but that you also understand who they are. Yeah, and I suppose when we think about where people are when they're watching these videos, you know, it's a 90-second video. They might be... I don't know, they might be on the train or on the bus uh, at home or in their office. You know, they're not, and they're not click and play because they want, you know, really sophisticated advice. They're click and play because they want to, as you say, get to know you. And it's only really when you meet the client face to face and you're going to spend an hour or two hours with them going through their, their business needs or their insurance needs. That's when you get into that kind of sophisticated kind of talk. This is kind of really, this is kind of all about first impressions, I suppose, in a way and setting a, setting a, uh, the right tone for the relationship in the future. That's a fact. And they, that, that, that's one thing that gets away from a lot of people. 82% of um, online traffic here in another year or two will be video. And we like to think it's simply a millennial thing. That's just what the kids are doing now. <laughs> that's not the case. You can take a look at statistics and we can, you know, all of that has been captured. Everybody from, you know, baby boomers to Gen Xers to millennials, everybody is watching more and more video content. So getting on board with doing that isn't necessarily you staying ahead of the curve at this point. It's just literally you making sure you're staying in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And because sometimes I'd be on, um, so I'm a, an insurance underwriter and I've been an underwriter for 10 plus years. Um, and so a lot of the times when I'm uh, uh, looking at a business uh, to provide them insurance, I'll usually go onto their website just to just to make sure I really understand what what they do, and l- lots of times you go onto the bit, onto the website and it's pages and pages of uh, text, and it's like really helpful uh, for an underwriter because you get a lot of detail uh, about what the client does, how they do it. But I often think to myself, you know, they didn't make this website so insurance underwriters could give them insurance. They probably made the website so that their potential customers will know what they do. But as a customer myself of various services, I don't think I would read lots and lots of text. On They the, don't on the read website. lots and lots of text. They don't read the jargon. They don't understand what the acronyms are for. So uh, to <clears throat> just jump ahead here real quick, some of the ways that people in insurance can use videos, uh, the most basic and the smartest thing to do is to put it on the homepage of your website. And, I don't know if the term above the fold is still used quite a bit, but make it the first thing they see when they come to your website. They will click play. And if it's a quick 90 second story that holds their attention, tells a a story from beginning to end with them as the uh, hero of the story, they are way more likely to remember you versus anybody else. And the way they, the way most of your customers come to you anyways, in insurance is through referral and word of mouth. Well, most of the time when they get that referral, they, they probably already have insurance. They just don't have a great relationship with their agent and they're shopping it out. Well, they, they don't get just one referral. They get two or three. And the first thing they do is not pick up the phone and do what you just did. They go online. They visit your website. So several of my clients that have found success just put the video on their website. And then even more importantly, they use it in email follow-up. So even before you start thinking of all the fun and creative ways that you can use it on Facebook or Instagram, or in my case, I'm a heavy LinkedIn user, uh, use it just in your emails or in your email follow-up with someone after they have sent you an inquiry because that they'll watch it. It's right there in their inbox. And 
Again, that'll make you stand out more than anything else. Now, you'll still probably have to close the lead, but it'll be warmed up for you. They'll know you more. They'll like you more. They'll trust you more. Uh, and I've even got a client right now that specializes in high-risk life insurance. Literally, he has like 10 or 13 niches of people who have uh, you know, reasons that they might be a higher risk than other people, either because they're over the age of 70 or they have diabetes or they had uh, a drug history. And those things show up when people are doing uh, life insurance checks. And he he's created, uh, we're creating a dozen videos for him for each and every one of those people. So when somebody does that inquire, he has a specific video just for that person and the lifetime value of a customer. If he just got one of each of those niches and he'll get more than one because of the videos, but if he just got one, that'll pay for the video plus, and he's got it, you know, got that content that he can use in social media and, you know, about five or six other ways. Yeah. And as you can imagine that very, that's a great example because you can really imagine that particular customer, you know, say you have diabetes yeah. and you're looking, you're, you're shopping around online, you know, and you click on this video, like you would really feel like that this business knows, uh, knows my situation and is able to help me as a, uh, I think that's a, that's a really, really powerful illustration of that. I agree. I, I, uh, he's doing well with it. And, um, so like 90 seconds, I, I know myself, myself from producing audio content, you know, taking a lot of, uh, audio and condensing it down to the bare essentials, you know, that's quite a challenge. So like, how do you keep it to under 90 seconds? And I'm just wondering like, what, like were you always doing that for 90 seconds or have you gotten uh, shorter over time? I've gotten shorter over time. Those first few I made were four or five minutes and they were painful. What did, you, like what, did, what did you cut in, in, in those situations? Oh my gosh. So that's when I was taking like a 500 word blog post and just reading it. Uh, okay. And they weren't story based and it was just like, you know, just taking any LinkedIn article you could see now and just reading the thing and then trying to throw some pictures or B-roll video over it. It's not very good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in, and I keep coming back to this six question form that I put together, but that's how I got, I figured out if I can get a 250 word script, we get it to 90 seconds, 90 second matters. And there's a lot of research that backs this up. Uh, anything shorter than that is hard to get your message across. And then anything much longer than that, it, uh, Connor, it almost has to be Oscar nominated worthy in order to hold somebody's attention. <laughs> I get, hold, sorry, man. I've got to figure out how to divert this no call problem. here. We have a caller on the line. <laughs> no kidding. Sorry about that. Um, but anything longer than 90 seconds becomes difficult to get the customers, uh, uh, to keep the customer's attention. Uh, I did a variety of different lengths myself. One minute is still pretty good. Two minutes is okay. But that 90 seconds seems to be a sweet spot in order to keep somebody's attention the entire time. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I've created some that are longer, but that has to be almost the second or third video that somebody has watched. So you, you've built up their trust. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Their trust a little bit. So they're, they're more willing to sit with you. I have people that want to create a five or 10 minute video out of the gate because they're scared to leave anything out of the video. Because if I don't tell them, Every single thing I've ever done, they, you know, they, they won't know how important I am. And quite frankly, they don't care that much about you to begin with. They're worried about themselves. Uh, so you can save the longer videos as you make it through, uh, throughout, you know, the, the marketing uh, journey that you're taking your customers on. But uh, out of the gate, shorter is usually better. 
Yeah, like even something with this podcast, I usually, so I do a little introduction by myself before I edit into the main interview. Uh, but I usually try to have the interview within 90 seconds or at least within two minutes of me starting because I kind of feel that, you know, I speak for a second, there's some music, I speak for another few minutes and then there's an interview. So I think having all that kind of change, uh, you know, up front, I feel that it kind of, or my assumption is that it drags people, drags people, pulls people along, drags the wrong word. It, it pulls people along and hopefully by the time they get into the main interview, that they're they're ready to sit there or not sit there, but they're ready to keep listening then to the whole thing. That's a pretty good way to look at it. What what are your thoughts on audio? You know, it seems that podcasts are booming at the moment, or at least certainly maybe we're on the cusp of a of an audio boom. Uh, have you? Where? What are your thoughts on audio? Oh, I love audio, and I've thought about doing my own podcast. I just haven't gotten my act together, and I've been spending a lot of my time. I uh, was trying to get on some more podcast where I can uh, connect with more people in the insurance industry and financial industry, but it's um, w- the the more we do this, the the longer some of these things can start being. Podcasts are a great example, and they're something that people, they can, you know, literally, um, they, they can listen to in the morning while they're getting ready, or they can listen to it on the way to work, or they can listen to it at work, or they can listen to it while they're at the gym, or while they're mowing the yard, or any any time that they can kind of go get their own content that they are really into at that point. So for a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, the content that you produce is very helpful to them and they can take it in when they have the time. And especially if you're bringing the heat and got good guests that, uh, you know, get, gives them something for, you know, to look forward to, to implement into their business or even, you know, in a lot of cases, people are doing it for pure entertainment. My wife right now is like a lot of, and I don't know if this is a wife phenomenon. I'm sure it is, but a lot of other American wives, I say wives, women, and some men are really into uh, crime podcasts. And mm. right now she could tell you, you know, if there's been a, a crime podcast, she can probably tell you anything about the who done it and the where it happened and the DNA that went along with it because she's <laughs> eating that up left and right at the moment. Yeah, they're they are huge at the moment. Crime crime podcasts. Yeah, um, not my cup of tea, actually. Uh, oh, that's why that's why I say I'm, I'll get in trouble for saying that. But uh, when I say women, but it you know, anytime my wife gets a new podcast uh, referral, it, it's not from a man that gave it to her. <laughs> um. So, like, what what's next for your business? You know, like we're we're at the start of a, a new decade now. Like, you know. What's the what? What would you like to be looking at and looking back at in a, in a few years' time? That is a fantastic question. So for this year, I've got my goal is just simply increase doing more of what I do, create more insurance videos, more financial videos, and hopefully within a few years, I've just grown this thing to a multiple of what it is now, and I'm still in that same niche in the same industry, and I maybe just have more animators working for me. Cool. You could be the uh, the king of of, uh, of Tennessee uh, uh, explainer right. videos. That's that's a great. I don't. I'll get beyond Tennessee. I want to get throughout the U.S. Oh, and, good uh, man! Yes, truck over to Ireland and everywhere, man. <laughs> I'll I'll own this industry. Um, fantastic. And so, like, we I just want to go back to the kind of, the kind of the ninety seconds and uh, condensing that. Like, surely what you, what you say is obviously very very important. And I imagine what you say in, in the first, say, third of, you know, the first 30 seconds is probably the most important thing to consider. So, like, what, what have you learned about um, how to write the script that really uh, grabs attention? 
The way to really grab attention out of the gate is to pull you in immediately by making you the star of the story first thing. So most of the videos, if you get a chance to watch, uh, you'll see that we introduce the client. So in this case, you know, we, here's Connor. He's, uh, you know, works at, you know, he, he works in the insurance industry. He's great at what he does and his clients love him. However, here's his problem. And once you can state that in a very clear way, that's how you grab their attention. And when you can tell them, I know who you are and you're pretty good at what you do, but here's the issue you have. That's, that's where you've grabbed them right away. And then you can kind of take them through the issue and what, what pain point that it causes them. And then the way you keep bringing them along is that, you know, they, they have found out that there's a solution through a friend, a family member, just doing online research. And then they, they can hear about that solution. But that initial thing at the gate is to put somebody else as the hero of the story uh, and uh, identify what that pain point for them is. So many videos that I see online now where people have decided to go their own route, which is fine if you're good at it. But most of the times they'll start off with a 15 second logo introduction and then they'll um, basically start talking all about me, I, me, and I do this. And I have these years of experience here, are my certifications, and they, they never really address the customer or their pain point until later or if at all. It's funny. What, what made me laugh there was, uh, so we have a, a general election coming up uh, next week in Ireland. And uh, so, you know, all the, all the candidates are, are at the train stations handing out leaflets uh, and all mm-hmm. this. Uh, so we and we're also getting lots of uh, leaflets in through the letterbox, and um, I was looking at the tree came in the other the other afternoon. I was just looking at all three of them, and basically t- two out of the three were exactly how you described. It was all me, 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 yeah, <laughs> and all of the text was that. Whereas in the la- the last guy, uh, he was basically he started off by kind of thanking uh, the his constituents and talking about uh, the talking about the voter you know and yeah that was that was just so clever and this guy he wouldn't be from one of the big parties or anything like that probably doesn't have a whole lot of money in his campaign uh but i'm much more likely to vote for that guy than the than the other people what a novel concept it's it's the same here every time uh, an election is ran uh you know we have two main parties but you can tell as soon as you get start getting the flyers in the mail i took I actually showed one of the candidates for a uh, uh, the Tennessee House of Representatives. I took his uh, flyer and put it right next to his candidates. And, you know, because he, he was coming to me asking for a little bit of advice to say, you see this flyer. Mm. Then I showed him the competitor's flyer. I said, it looks the exact same. And both of you were talking about you. And he never got the concept. He he took it as the his uh, the guy he's running against copied his information. And that's not the point I was getting across to him. Like, man, y'all look, walk, and talk and sound just alike. Uh, and to make matters worse, neither one of you are talking about the voter. You're talking about yourselves. Mm. But it's a, yes, that's a, a great example you gave. It's it's a hard concept for people to understand. And it's funny because it's, it's very subtle because, like, no one, like, very few people would actually take, would actually reflect on, um, on the effect that that is having them on them. You know, like, not everyone's going to, you know, analyze three leaflets that come in and kind of spot the differences. And, but, it does have a very subtle effect on someone. Like they'll feel weird about those two candidates for some reason. They won't know what it is, but they just eh, they'll just feel weird about them and they won't vote for them. Whereas with the other guy, they won't know what it is either, but they'll feel better about them, so they will go uh, and vote for them. So it's you're really kind of tapping into people's uh, subconscious as well. 
Connor, you and me have a new uh, a new project that we're gonna go help. Uh, we're gonna go help candidates. <laughs> Independence only. That's right. I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> uh, super. Um, so, um, what kind of software are you using to create the videos? I use Vyond. It's V Y O N D, and I have tested out several different types. Uh, and I usually have a. a uh, uh, several do's and don'ts that I give folks. Uh, you can, you know, there, it, I, you know, there's a variety of softwares you can use. But if you decide to make one, um, first thing, if you decide to do a talking head video versus an animated video, make sure if you do the talking head video that you're comfortable in front of the camera. You get rid of what I was just doing there, my little stutters and us. Mm. Uh, you practice it several times and you look natural. Unfortunately, I've discovered a lot of people that can carry on a good conversation or maybe even do a good podcast interview, turn into a Elmer Fudd as soon as a little red light comes on the camera and they, they're not as smooth anymore. But if you decide to do a talking head video, no problem to just make sure that it still has a lot of action and good audio. Uh, and then going back to what you were talking about, audio being big, audio is huge for video. Uh, we will watch a bad video with good audio uh, because we can hear it versus a great Hollywood produced video with bad audio. If it's got a lot of clicks or if it, somebody didn't use a microphone, I always mm. use a microphone by the way, but if somebody didn't use a microphone, uh, we'll X out of it quicker than, uh, you know, but if you decide to create your own, make sure it's got movement, make sure it's story based, uh, feel free to throw in some, text some graphics and keep the story moving along instead of it just being very static with a plain voiceover and no story. Hmm. Cool. Um, and so any, what, what, what would you say? So are they the biggest mistakes? Is that what you, is that what you reckon? Uh, yes. Biggest mistakes, bad audio that trumps everything really, else. Yeah. Make sure the audio is crisp. Uh, also not having a tight script. Uh, and, and I keep saying 90 seconds, maybe 90 seconds is two and a half minutes for you, but keep it fast paced, keep it focused on the customer. Uh, and then next is keeping the screen static for way too long and not having yeah. some graphics roll in some text roll in. Uh, let's see. Those are the biggest offenders. And then one of the last ones, as silly as this sounds is having a good video and then not using it. Uh -huh. Well, buy a video from me. And then just kind of sit it off in the corner, so to speak, in the digital corner, hide it somewhere on their website, and they're off to the next shiny object. You have some video, feel free to use it and use it frequently. Just don't simply post it to your social media platform of choice one time and then think that was all you. I was referring to, you know, it being January a little, little while ago about people want to get into shape in this time of year. Well, if you go do 10 push-ups and ride your bike for five minutes, that that's not all you have to do. You have to do it every day and regularly. Mm. Uh, so a big mistake with that video is not using it regularly. You have to get out there and not just post it to social often, but use it in presentations, use it in email follow-ups, use it in your email signature, put it on the uh, a place on your website where people can find it. Brilliant. And where can people find out more about you, Charles? I'm glad you asked. They can find out more about me at yourcharlesalexander.com and they can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Super. Great, great URL, by the way. 
I hope so. I, uh, at some point, I ought to throw the word explainer video in there, but uh, I've decided to brand myself. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> well, look, Charles, best of luck in in, in the business. Um, I'm excited to uh, to uh, watch it uh, continuing to grow and grow. Thank you so much, Connor. I really appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you, sir. Thank you. Chat soon.